Indiana. I'm 24. I'm a stay-at-home mom. How do you like, um, do you like the Star Wars movies themselves? I've never actually seen a single Star Wars movie all the way through. What part do you usually, uh, what, what happens? Uh, do you just quit? Do you fall asleep? What, ha- what happens? I'll be about, I don't know, I guess it's probably not even halfway through the first Star Wars movie. And the guy goes into the bar with the aliens, and it's just, it's like a sleeping pill. It's like Dramamine. I'm just out. Now, have you ever heard of uh, fan films, fan audio, fan force, fan anything? I've heard of it, but I'm not, like, real familiar with what it is. All right. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Welcome to Requiem of the Outcast, coming to you live via your computer every month, bringing all the best in fan audio, web reviews, and all the tips and tricks for creating and promoting your projects. We're here to help you tell Hollywood, hey... Nice try, but we'll take it from here. Alright, Groupie's opening the show. Okay, <laughs> no. Groupie, it's really easy. You just go, hello and welcome to Requiem of the Outcast, episode 11. And hello. Hello. And hello and welcome to Requiem of the Outcast. Dun dun! That's enough Welcome to Requiem in the Outcast, episode 11, the voice that you just heard. Our groupie! Is a groupie that is actually coming to the studio, the room, with us today, uh, into Rona Janine's bedroom. <laughs> which yeah. is Which is where we, everybody knows is where all the action happens. It's where we record. Lee is um, <clears throat> is one of the QAs of the show. He's the one that helps me edit the show. Uh, he listens to it and finds all the bugs in it, and uh, he was nice enough to come on down and uh, help us out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So even though last, <laughs> and you know, Mitch just said something funny that led to other funny things that are inappropriate for the show, which all just got cut. Oh yeah, so those of you who who, uh, who probably would have enjoyed it, too bad. We hope that's not our demographic. <laughs> there's some exactly. No. There's some guy sitting. There's no, some guy sitting up in the backwoods of North Carolina, up in the mountains, going. Mm. I'd really like to herd that. Because, of course, the hillbillies in the mountains of North Carolina are our demographic. <laughs> hey, wait, you don't, well, you don't think they have high-speed internet? Coming up next is Dueling Banjos. <laughs> you don't think they have high-speed internet? Speaking of banjos, sweetie, 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 speaking of banjos, at our guitar lesson today, I saw somebody had a thing up saying that he gave banjo lessons. Okay, cool. Okay. <laughs> um, Ron wants to take banjo lessons. <laughs> Heritage coming out. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there's hey. nothing redneck about playing the banjo. There's right. everything redneck about playing in the banjo. Well, no, yes, there is. No, but, right, you're right. Not redneck. But, but banjo is a beautiful. It's a beautiful instrument. instrument, and it plays so if well. Yeah, especially if you have two of them going at the same time, it can even be considered dueling. Oh my God, that's pretty. No mm-hmm. banjos. <laughs> you got a pretty mile. Banjo is king of the sea monkeys. Did you know that? <laughs> No, I didn't. Thank you. My life has been made forever better because of that. <laughs> that was the educational bit of the day. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> All right, He's trying to get on, on with, with the, the show. show. Let's get on with the show. Let's get back to the show. All right, like I said, this is a, the the tenth show, and of course, ten is an X. 
So this is like our extreme episode. I thought the last show was the tenth show. Well, it was, but remember, like this that was the ninth show that we had done together. Was this like the double X show? This is could be <laughs> so far. <laughs> All the stuff that's been edited. Yeah, this show's been thirty seconds long so far. <laughs> yeah, this is like ten Most minutes of edited edited stuff. Oh, Rich, I'm glad I don't have your job. Yeah, no kidding. Me too. Oh, crap. Oh, that's that's our groupie, by the way. He's here with us today. A groupie? Yes, Lee is our groupie. He's our band-aid. Thank you. <laughs> I love you guys. Okay, I'm scared. He's not very talkative. <laughs> but he has a purdy mouth. <laughs> He's not very talkative, but he keeps, staring at, he keeps staring at Rich and licking his lips. I don't know what that's about. <laughs> And I have to work with this guy. <laughs> Wait a second, you did move your desk closer to mine. That's right, I did. <laughs> <laughs> it's cubicle you're love. You're married. It's cubicle love. How sweet. <laughs> cubicle <laughs> love. He's driving me mad. He's making me crazy, crazy. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Oh. All right, before, as long as you have a song in your heart. That's true. Yeah. I'm not I'm pretty sure she didn't pull that from her heart. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that 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 came from the butt. Oh. The butt it came from the heart of my bottom. <laughs> I, I, poop, I pooped that one out. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Is there anything we're not editing out so far? <laughs> it's gonna sound real choppy. I, I am to be splicing. <laughs> this show hour today. Good. <laughs> See. <laughs> um. Um. Yeah. We better move on. <laughs> All right. We're going to move on to the news portion of the show. Now, um, something I posted on the uh, the FanForce boards um, that a lot of people didn't know about, but uh, on behalf of the show, we're going to be doing a uh, FanForce website contest. Basically, just going. Th- it was a way to um, hopefully motivate people to uh, update the fa- their FanForce website. Um, and of course, FanForce is the is uh, the nearly officially sponsored uh, or unofficially sponsored. Uh, Star Wars group where people just get together and hang out. Um, some people, you know, watch Star Wars movies and <laughs> do all kinds of geek stuff. I don't think I've and done that once since I've joined the Fan Force a year no, ago. No, our, our Fan Force, we don't do stuff like that. Uh, we try to just go to cons and, you know, just get together and do uh, just do fun stuff. It's, and it, watch Spider-Man! Yeah, Spider-Man. yeah we, we go to a movies a lot. Uh, we're the, uh, the, out of Jacksonville, the Jawa Hunters, which was a name picked before we got there. But uh, we're running with the I name. like the Jawa so, Hunters. Really? Yes. Okay. What problem do you have with it? Huh? I just thought it sounded silly. Huh? I you just, are the Jawa hunter. Well, I had to be because everybody, <laughs> somebody had to fit the gimmick. So, but anyway, that's a whole other story. But uh, the the aspects that we're covering in the contest are, uh, you know, best uh, group logo, best fan force logo, the layout of the website, the usability, overall look. Um, is it you know easy to find on a search engine? You know, has it been submitted to those things? Uh, and it's basically my hope to uh, provide. A, uh, my hope is to provide a way to advertise and promote um, all of the various fan forces out there. Because no matter where you're at, there's more than likely one within a half hour or so drive. Uh, many cities have two. And the best place to find out information about fan forces is fanforce.net. That's right. And by the way, just a, a hint: if you want to be easy to find on a uh, search engine, all you have to do is type something like. 
X X X exit to Star Wars paraphernalia. <laughs> <laughs> Anna Kornikova, stuff like that, you know, yeah. Jennifer Lopez naked, whatever you need to to promote your yeah. fan force. No, no Star Wars. <laughs> Star Wars fan Star Wars. <laughs> and just a little side note. Anna Kornikova is not here. And then the name of your site. There you go. Hey, that's a good idea. What were you going to say, Janine? I was going to say, just as a side note, Ron is not a member of a fan force being the, uh, the non-fan that he is. That is true. That is true. I'm not a member of a fan force. We tried to make him an honorary Jawa, but he refuses. Well, what can I say? I am a member of the official Goober Pile uh, fan fan force. Goober Pile? Who's Goober Pile? You call yourself a freaking Marine. Gomer's. Gomer Pile's freaking cousin is Goober. What the freak is that from? That's from Andy Griffith. What are you guys, like 10? No, no you're I'm like not 31 <laughs> like you. Freaking old fart. You guys don't remember Goober? No. No. He took over the filling station after Gomer left. No. No. Gomer went off to the Marine no, Corps. I never watched that fatter. show. He had a little fat head. He, he was a little I thought that was Otis the Drunk. No. No, no. No. Otis the Drunk stayed Otis the Drunk. Except for that one time when they sobered him up so that he could marry the chick, and then he didn't and got drunk again. Well, that's a good grounds for, uh, <laughs> yeah, grounds yeah, for a relationship. Yeah. <laughs> See, everybody thinks that the Andy Griffith show is such a bastion of morality, but no. That's right. Get plastered, marry somebody. That's a good ground for a marriage. Isn't that what happened the night before every wedding? No. True. Well, not, not every wedding. Well, not every wedding. Not mine. Not mine. Or mine. So really so not that many. Not, not <laughs> <any> at all. <laughs> three out of three marriages here <laughs> did not start that way. And three out of three marriages polled. <laughs> yeah, that's 100%, so that must never happen. Moving right along. Moving on, we've got, it seems that Troops 2 is coming soon. <gasps> They're making a Troops 2? No, I'm completely talking out of my butt. Oh. No, I'm serious. Look at really? that. <gasps> no! Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> the sequel I to really the, am the, happy. Me too. Hey, I know, that's a sad thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give you a concho if you don't stop. Oh, no, conchos. Oh. This, this is our concho-free episode. Promises, promises. <laughs> the sequel to The Legacy that was rejuvenated by Kevin Rubio has picked up by a whole new crew. It looks to be a feature-length film. That's right. That's about at least 80 minutes. Yeah. Which... That won't be it's, very it's like watching cop uh, like a three. That's too much. Yeah, that's it's like a three episode marathon of cops. No, that's, that's too um, much. I know, that's yeah. an hour and twenty minutes. See, but well, cops is a half hour long, so it would be three episodes. Yeah. Well, if you take out the commercials, <laughs> it's probably only like twenty two. Yeah, it's true. So you know, breaking it down for the people that don't know minutes. Oh, okay. Well, I'm sure they've heard, we're not going on the metric system here. <laughs> Break that down and they, they use minutes no, in right. the metric system, dude. They do? Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> Want a Royale with cheese? <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, uh, like I said, it looks to be about a feature-length film. Uh, you, uh, the projected date is summer of 04. But, of course, as we're neck deep in it, uh, it doesn't look like it's going to be coming out this summer. Well, but, as I've uh, learned with all fan force projects or fan projects... Whenever they say their projected date, you can easily tack a year onto that. 
Yes. Uh, Sometimes two, three, four, five. <laughs> take a look at Sins of the Jedi, which just released, which was re- supposed to release in 2002, I think. Hey. But they worked real hard on that. It's yeah, not their did. fault hey, that their movie. main editor dude had to go to the war in Iraq, okay? <laughs> you can call Bush if you're upset. And uh, Prelude to Hope, which is actually... Prelude to Hope! <laughs> <laughs> well, never that be never gets old. <laughs> which, w- which was, uh, they were asking for donations, and then the project was canceled, and then it was uh, said it was going to be a, an animated film, and, and that was canceled. So, Prelude to Hope doesn't look like the story's ever going to be released. Or is it? More information on that later. Any um, excuse <clears throat> to say Prelude to Hope! <laughs> oh, no, 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 but get this. They say... Uh, it's going to come out when it's finished. However, they claim to be a fa- <coughs> excuse me. Though they claim it to not be a fan film, they claim it to be the most ambitious independent film ever made, bar none. Really, I think ours was pretty ambitious that we did. <laughs> We're hoping to finish one day. Yeah, um, yeah, that was. It was pretty freaking ambitious there. It was, uh, yeah, ambitiously bad. Yes. Hey, but that was ambitious. Yeah, but that was intentional too. But uh, it's ambitiously ambitious. And of course, keep in mind that they claim it not to be a fan film, and we're going to talk later on in the roundtable discussion about what is the difference between a fan film and an independent film, and what what qualifies as what. So, <coughs> next news bit. That that that's what you came up with for the roundtable discussion. Pretty much, it was a really slow news day lately. Yeah. Yeah, you know. Table square, rich. Well, yeah, but you know. It's more metaphorical. Hey, Rich, did you bring the, the Star Trek paraphernalia so we could sit here and talk in our Klingon heads? No, I sure didn't. Oh, we got to do one of these episodes one of these times wearing the Klingon and Ferengi heads. Because that really translates well over audio. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, I'm wearing my Ferengi ears right now. Nerd. All right, now. But I'm not a Trekkie. <laughs> Apparently, Comic-Con is not going to be playing fan films like uh, they have every year and what most people are expecting. Um, Comic 2 Films has a great article explaining the concerns that Warner Brothers had about fan films being shown at Comic-Con. Apparently, the and this is from Comic 2 Films. Apparently, the core issue is that Comic-Con charges admission to the convention where the fan films are screened on site, so the convention organizers could be viewed as profiting from these infringing works. Further, the proliferation of bootleg copies sold on DVD or VHS directly to fans is an indirect violation of Warner Brothers' copyrights. Such copies are easily attainable at comic conventions and through internet sales and auctions. They're most likely talk if it's Warner Brothers, they're most likely talking about uh, Batman Dead End. Um, but uh, which was awesome. Yes. One of the best uh, fan films I've ever seen. I I completely agree. Now this news bit is from TFN uh, in in conjunction with the uh, what I. Uh, previously said, and that the people who run Comic-Con apparently were spooked enough by the request from Warner Brothers, which we hear was extremely polite and nice, that they have dropped all fan films that feature copyrighted characters from showing at Comic-Con. So that means absolutely no fan films. No films uh, containing copyrighted characters in it at all. Big chickens! That's what I said. I think they should have they should have put the system on trial. Yeah! Yeah! You know what? I don't... Warner Brothers is just... Warner Brothers got to burr up their butt about it. Fine, don't show that one. But, you know, show the other stuff. If somebody comes to you and says, hey, you shouldn't show it, don't show our stuff, and they're going to make a big stink about it, don't show it. But don't be a chicken and run from everything. And, you know, where do they draw the line? What about uh, Fall of a Saga, where it didn't have any copyrighted characters, per se? 
it mentions a character here and there, but it deals mainly with George Lucas. So is a film like that going to be uh, played? Because I know Earl is kind of worried about that. He's going to be at uh, Earl Newton, Fall of the Saga, Southern Runner Productions. Um, he's planning on showing uh, Fall of the Saga at Comic-Con, but he's not sure if he's going to get to now. And so then there's a lot of other uh, independent makers, uh, such as the guys from Gamers. Would that be able to be played? Because it does deal with a little bit with Dungeons & Dragons. So, you know, there's going to be a lot of amateur film uh, creators out there that are going to get shafted all because of uh, Warner Brothers, you know, the major movie motion picture company. (laughs) Yeah. Who has brought us the third installment of Harry Potter. Yes, exactly. So, I mean, if you make a Harry Potter film, don't plan on showing it at Comic-Con. That's ridiculous. This is a a good transition to our first round, our roundtable discussion of the month, which is fan film versus indie film. What is the difference? Now, Earl Newton, as I spoke of earlier, um, from Fall of a Saga, says this. Because film festivals, if they... <clears throat> excuse me. Because film festivals, if they smell fan film on you at all, which can mean simply being associated strongly with a certain universe, you are instantly cast down a few points. Well, not, fam- not film festivals, really, but film people will look down on you. So what do you guys think of uh, the, the major difference between fan film or an amateur film? versus a indie film. An amateur film was filmed with your little home camera on on the fly with really no planning and uh, no professional quality to it. But I disagree because you can take films like uh, Fall of a Saga, Batman Dead End, where those are very professionally made and yet they're not technically indie films. Well, I actually personally consider them indie films. I don't consider... I honestly don't consider Fall of the Saga and Batman Dead End as fan films. I think they're too well made. I think they are actual films because there's such a professional quality to them. Now, you look at freaking our favorite fan film that we love to bash. That is a fan film. I'm sorry. You know what? Apocalypse? Yeah. Yeah, Sith Apocalypse is a huge fan film. It was just poorly done. My take on the difference is... The intention of the of the makers of the film is your intention to to express something that you've wanted to express as a fan, and you're just kind of doing it because you want to put your vision of what's going on in that universe out there, or is your intention to put a product out there that's going to showcase your abilities as a filmmaker? If your if it, if your intention is to put a product out there that's whose entire point is to showcase your abilities as a filmmaker, then it's not a film fan film anymore. It's an independent film, and it's in it's intended to be such. I agree, and, uh, and plus, too too often you see you know fan films are usually done like Janine said earlier, you know, in your backyard or in a neighborhood with your personal camera but then you also have independent films that are they, they tend to have a higher budget I mean because a lot of those independent films well, that maybe are out they don't even have a budget but they still find a way to use a studio or right. give it the professional quality right. um, the uh, what was the the one film that where they used the the studio in Wilmington I mean that Sins was of the Jedi yeah Sins of the Jedi I mean that that was that was almost too well made to be considered fan film because they they found a way to use professional quality I, equipment. I agree with uh, most of what you guys are saying. The only difference is that you get films like uh, Duality, 
which is to me is definitely a fan oh, film. Oh, definitely a fan film. But that was you know all done on blue screen. That was done so? with professional quality stuff. Um, but was it intended <laughs> to be anything but a fan film? It's just a lightsaber fight. True. So you're you're thinking it's more the content that identifies it as a fan film I than well, the I, not so much content the as content, the, the intention. Intent. I think it's the intent of the maker. If the intent of the maker is to say, "Hey, I want to make films for a living and this is is me putting myself out there and showing what I can do as a filmmaker," then it's not a fan film anymore. Right. It falls into a different category. Because I know the formula started out that way as well, where it was basically uh, a way to... They wanted to tell a certain story. Um, it was The formula course, is a fan film. But it was also used... Uh, I think they did it all on uh, mini-DV, the same kind of camera and film that uh, that Once Upon a Time in Mexico was used. Which I don't care. Digital, I still so. consider the formula a fan film. See, now I don't. I don't consider the formula a fan film. I consider the formula to be an independent film. The the whole point, I, and I know it's focused around Star Wars and and Star Wars fandom. It's it's kind of mostly though I think focused around those guys telling the story of making a movie and them telling or making a film and them 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 trying to 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 showcase their talents in that respect. I think that I I think that that those guys and I don't know what you know I I don't remember what what they said about it but I think those guys you know wanted to make films I mean I think they wanted to to be involved in the industry in some way and they were trying to kind of highlight or or at least some of them were were trying to kind of highlight their their abilities um. right Steve Phelan and Chris Hanel are both in uh in some <coughs> form of the uh entertainment industry now um out in, I think in LA but you get some films where you know they they're toying around with somebody's pre-existing universe, um, which to me lends credence to fan film, um, where you get a film like Batman Dead End, which uses numerous uh, licensed characters. Um, I would think that that's a fan film. However, you get extremely good quality of production, which almost elevates it to what I would consider an amateur film. Versus an indie film, which is, I think, technically an indie film is somebody that's produced uh, through an independent distributor, not one of the major right. companies. Which, if it's n- a movie like Gamers, which is distinct enough that it can sell, would be uh, an indie, f- um, but is not se- uh, sold through an independent you know, distributor, I would think that that's more of an amateur film, much like uh, Red vs. Blue, like you mentioned before. Where, you know, Machinima, which is a, you know, a completely different creature in and of itself, but... It's, you know, you can buy the DVDs. It's, um, you know, uh, Bungie and Microsoft allow them to do that because of the high quality of production. You know, not that you can record yourself playing Halo, you know, slap in some dialogue and automatically sell it. They may not like that too much. But I think it greatly depends on, like you said, the intent of what they're doing. If it's to showcase their, not necessarily showcase their talents because that could be just uh like a, hey, look what I can do, not necessarily, because then you get some people who just want to go out there and tell a story, um, because that's what a lot of Hollywood tries to do now, where you get somebody, you know, Tom Hanks isn't making the terminal for money, you know? <laughs> you know, there are people out there that are making quality movies and not just for the money, but they're right. technically independent distributors, especially with us being uh, so close to Wilmington, which is a hotbed for um, indie films, as well as the official big boys, because Warner Brothers has a studio out here. So, 
uh, you start to see, especially with uh, numerous colleges around there, you start to see a lot of people who are taking, you know, film classes and whatnot. But um, I agree with you guys on the, the content and the quality. But I think that there's a lot of uh, films out there that are major label movies as well as um, indie films that are almost considered as amateur films and vice versa. Amateur films that should definitely be considered as uh, an indie film. Right, right. All I, I guess what I'm trying to say is that for me, it, the distinction between fan film and something else, whether it be amateur film or indie film, is the intent of the filmmaker. I really believe that. I really believe that if you're making a fan film, it's just because you have a story about that universe that you want to tell, and you think it'd be a cool story to put out there. Or because you're being silly. Or because like you're being silly and you feel like doing something funny. But it's you know it's not. Ninety uh, percent of fan films are you know some guys and gals grabbing a camera and going out and filming something in in the local, you know, stretch of woods with a clearing in the center of it. Or bridge. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, it really is, and, and that's that's great. I, I, think, I think that's really cool. I think that's what you should do. Um, and the ones that actually are professional quality, that people put a lot of, you know, money and time and effort into, I, I mean, I'll tell you what, if we had... If we had unlimited resource and tons and tons of money, I'd I'd put money into into making a fan film that had quality, and I wouldn't do it with the with the the idea of making further films, you know, with the idea of of gaining a career in the film industry. I'd do it because it'd be fun, and that to me is the entire the entire point of fan films. Whether you're doing it for the fun of it, or to see a certain idea that you have put out there. Or whether you're doing it to um, establish yourself as a real filmmaker. Well, that sounds good. Well, um, if you have any opinions on this, uh, feel free to uh, email uh, rich at requiemoftheoutcast.com or post in our boards uh, at TFN or at galacticsenate.com. Uh, we'd like to hear your guys' opinions on that since... Uh, I wouldn't. There. <laughs> well, you never would. But because, because as you can see, you know, uh, opinions on, you know, fan film versus amateur film versus indie film are so wide and varied. Uh, we'd just like to hear some other, uh, other people's opinions Very of it. Very much a fine line. Oh, yeah. Very blurry line. All right, now comes the silly part of the episode where uh, we're going to play some trailers from other projects, and we will be right back. StarWarsFanWorks.com presents Star Wars and Beyond. Warning! Star Wars and Beyond can contain spoilers, serious issues, discussions of a frank manner, guaranteed to be politically incorrect, psychological nudity. Hey man, if it works for Michael Savage, it works for me. Star Wars and Beyond, Episode 1. Hosted by Robbie Chastain. Premiering in September 2004. Scheduled for the episode, an interview with Janine and Ron Garner of Requiem of the Outcast, an alternative look at Star Wars canon, newspapers and us, an excerpt from Star Wars the Musical, and the countdown to Episode 3 begins with a look back at Star Wars, now known as Episode 4, A New Hope. Look for the show in September on StarWarsFanWorks.com. 
A ship with no crew falls towards the sun. One crew member has deserted. The other wakes floating deep in space with no memory of who she is or why she's there. The captain, trapped on the bridge's ceiling by intense G-forces, fights to remain conscious as the large craft tumbles end over end. With no escape and no way to stop this enormous craft, seven passengers struggle to reach ship's center as the saboteur among them murders them one by one. Bones Burnt Black, the powerful new science fiction novel by Stephen Ewan Cobb. Fast, literate, compelling. Bones Burnt Black, ask for it at your favorite bookstore today. And we're back. Don't you just love Radio Magic, Lee? I love Radio Magic. Boy, that, that joke just won't die. It never, it's, never will. It's the joke that never dies. You know, I'm thinking about... It's like the Jason of jokes. I don't know anything that rhymes it dies. All right, well, we're going to take advantage of... Yes, that's true. We're going to take advantage... Eyes. Flies. Skies. Pies. No, don't bring up pie. <laughs> that was an old one, too. Pie. I like pie. Pie gone up and I <laughs> I'm going to take advantage of the person sitting next to me. Uh, oh. Oh. Run, <laughs> well, I was thinking more Lee. I hope you don't mind. But, but, um, as I said before, you are one of uh, the, the people that listens to the show ahead of time, kind of QA. We're sorry. Yes. <laughs> you have to listen to it to uh, verify its quality. <laughs> um, <laughs> now, of course, you are Lee Wilson. Uh, yes. You work with me at whatever company we work for now that what nobody can pronounce that. I don't know. It's some... Uh, yeah, some Eskimo company. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Oh, Na- Native, Native Alaskan. Alaskans. Yes. Uh, unless they're from Canada. Or I or uh, the North Pole. Canuck. Canuck. No, I don't think Canuck. they're Canuck. I don't know. Um, but, uh, you, like I said, you listen to the episodes ahead of time. Make sure there aren't any pops or glitches or anything like that. Uh, tell us a little bit about um, your opinion of Star Wars and uh, Star Wars fandom and what you think of uh, doing doing. Well, I... Uh, I really love doing the show. It's a uh, experience. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, making obscene sounds into the microphone. You know, I'm just f- trying to make him feel comfortable, <laughs> Rich. <laughs> oh, let me make my own sounds. No, no. <laughs> uh, no, I do that in my sleep at work. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> you snore crazy. And that I know from work. He sleeps at work. <laughs> Only now, since we don't have any work to do. Well, we have been playing Halo a lot. Yeah, hello. Aren't you sick of that game? <laughs> no way. <laughs> and Grand Theft Auto by City. Yes. Oh, man. I love, I love having the cops chase us. Especially <laughs> the National Guard. Yes. Yeah. Rich got run over by a tank, you know, the, the, the other day. So well, I tried to steal it. Yeah, you tried to stop. <laughs> sure. Uh, but, uh, yeah, the, I, I, I really was, had always been into Star Wars uh, as a kid, my cousin is a big Star Wars fan. And nerd. Yes, my cousin is a nerd. She is an artiste. Uh, she uh, and she's she's has one of the largest. The girl? It's a girl. Yeah. Wow, yeah. I thought I was the only one. Nope, nope, nope. You're not the only one. You may be queen of the nerds, but uh, there are others. But uh, but Lesser as a queens. as a kid, I thought she had the largest Star Wars collection I had ever seen in my life. It was 
she had some of the she had an original Chewbacca head from one of the movies. <laughs> Poor Peter Mayhew. <laughs> <laughs> was it a shrunken head? No, it was not shrunken. It was full size. You could put it on your head if you wanted to. Wow. And uh, but she had uh, she had just about every figurine that that you could think of, and uh, and, and that's where I really got hooked on uh, Star Wars. And then of course I started working with Rich, and I found out that he was a big nerd. I said, oh, boy, I found me another nerd to hang out with. <laughs> we prefer Star Wars geek, thank you. So Be politically correct. Derogatory term. Anyway, it's so trekky. Oh. So trekky. And if anybody knows. <laughs> <laughs> it would be Judy. No, anyway, not me. <laughs> certainly not you. I am not a trekkie. I have not watched anything Trek since the Klingons at uh, Con Carolinas. See, I, I, am, I am big. Uh, she's spoiler-free, and I'm big trekkie-free. Uh, every time it comes on Spike, yeah. I turn the channel. Well, they have a patch for that now. Oh, do they? Yeah. Uh, I, I turn away. I'm you can't watch Next Gen? No. You don't want to watch Data? No. I, or Picard? I stay away or from Or Worf? No. Or Riker? But see, I'm not a big... When, when they show Bond, I turn away from Bond, too. Yeah, I turn away from Bond, too. Yeah. I just Bond is stupid. Yeah. I love Bond. I know you do. Yeah. Yeah. It's because you're a freak. I, nerd. <laughs> nerd. But uh, yeah, actually, me and Rich were talking about it earlier, and he was talking. He said that when he first met me, he didn't really think that I was a nerd, and then I was explaining to him how no. big a nerd I actually was. I can tell. Kid. I can tell. Uh, I have that nerd dar. Nerd dar. <laughs> <laughs> nerd dar. Is that like gaydar? <laughs> yeah, only it's on the nerd frequency wavelength, whatever you want to call it. I I, I started, and and Rich introduced me to the show, and I. And he introduced me to fan audio and films, which was the greatest thing that anybody could ever do for me. Yes, that's only because I haven't... You live a very sad life. <laughs> I know, I haven't shown him Sith Apocalypse yet. Yeah, I haven't shown oh. him yet. Oh! Dude, you have to see do it. You, do you have a girlfriend? I, you know, I, I have a wife. You have a wife, and Rich introducing you to fan audio was the best <laughs> thing anybody could ever well, do for you. okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, maybe not. <laughs> maybe not. Maybe not the greatest. Thing, but but it, it, it was a, a monumental thing in my life. You know, I, I really it got me back in the Star Wars. Monumental, of mine. even nerd. Nerd. Yes, I am a nerd. Okay, Rich called me a closet nerd, but yeah, I think you're a closet geek because you're not outwardly geek. Yeah, you're more redneck than anything. Hey, leave me alone. Okay, I'm not a redneck. No, true. You have a big truck. And, I and do you, drive a large truck. You went to a truck. weightlifting competition earlier, and uh, you, uh, you you like to work on your cars, and you've got a like yes. A I car. have a race car, but leave what kind of car do you alone. have? A Mustang. Okay. Oh my gosh, that is like the redneckest car it, no, ever. The Camaro is the redneckest car no, in the whole entire world. The Mustang. No. No. I see a Mustang now, and I just think neck. No, he's right. The Camaro is the most redneck car that, that's ever the pop created. Belly guys, you know that that have the long hair and no hair in the front. I had a I dated a girl in high school that used to call the Camaro the the redneck Ferrari. <laughs> <laughs> I think Mustang is more like young Marine just got a bunch of money wants to get girls. See, but I was never a Marine, so. No. Yeah, but it's also a redneck mobile. Although a lot of people have commented, they said, uh, "So did you just get out?" It's, it's the short hair. Yeah, I guess so. Well, they might have been talking about the closet. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Ron. Hi, sweetie. It's the short hair. <laughs> it's the short hair. <laughs> I 
was introduced to the show. I downloaded all the episodes that I had missed and at work. You know, cause all of the episodes? episodes? All of the episodes. Even episode three? Yes, even <laughs> episode three. <laughs> Actually, I, it, it wasn't long after episode three that I really got hooked. Yeah. So it was... Uh, so I, I, I knew episode three very well. <laughs> looking at him like that. <laughs> I listened to it many times, I Janine. feel dirty. <laughs> <laughs> many times? What the freak is wrong with you? <laughs> Somebody who rivals Nathan Butler's amount of downloads of that episode. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, I don't think it was that many times, and I didn't have any problems like that. Uh, Thankfully, episode three is no more. It's the lost episode. Lost. So if you downloaded it and you got it, you are, I you guess... sell it on eBay. That's right. I wouldn't say you're fortunate, but... Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. The, the people who, have, uh, who still have episode one are the really unfortunate people. Gosh. Uh, episode was one was fine. No, I'm talking my episode one. I know. It was fine. Yeah, what was the... This wasn't as funny. Because <laughs> you had no one to bounce off of. True. Well, yeah. It sounded too much like... Chrono Radio is better than like it. Yeah. <laughs> Love you, Nathan. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Chrono Radio. Keep talking, Lee. But, uh, so what are we talking about again? <laughs> Your redneck mobile. Oh, we were talking oh, about yeah. No more about that, okay? I'm not a redneck. Yes, I grew up in the South. Okay, continue with the questions, Rich. That was pretty much all I got. You got anything for me? Our fan film review, which is, it's called Inside Report. It's a, uh, a film that comes out every so often. It's a, it's not even really a film. It's more of a show that basically just kind of, <clears throat> well, like I said, it's an Internet-based, no-budget, non-profit show that is dedicated to filmmaking. Uh, they showcase the best in short, feature, and amateur, fan, low-budget, budget, big-budget films. It's the apocalypse. Um, yeah, no. Um, <laughs> <we're> <laughs> no, I see quality. Um, they <laughs> Debate. Yes. And, I mean, it, it's people from all over the world that can um, submit uh, films to this. And um, it's it's a really good show because they basically sit there and review and talk about fan films. No, wait a second. So people from all over the world submit movies, uh, films to the to this thing now. They, they mention the films. Do they, have to, do, they, do they have to be in English or have English subscripts? They usually have to have English subtitles, I'm sure, much like Dark Redemption. Okay. Just wondering because... I'd sure hate to be the guy that 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 had to review the films if <laughs> if I had to review like ten different languages. I thought the special effects were wonderful, but uh, the plot seemed a little muddy. I, I don't think I got the point of it. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> of course, it was in Icelandic, so. All right, well, since the apocalypse, I still don't know the plot of that one. Oh my gosh, could you imagine that? <laughs> there was a plot. Uh, exactly. I just know there was lots of talking. Can you imagine that in sub subtitles? I just know that they There's had. There's not enough screen for all the subtitles. I just know that they had Tom Arnold on there doing a debate or something. <laughs> <laughs> See, the, the film itself was uh, 15 minutes long, 20 minutes with the subtitles. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Inside Report comes out about every three months or so, so there's plenty of time uh, in between episodes for new submissions, as as well as that gives them time to bring out uh, quality shows. I think that once you know, once we finish it, like in a year or whenever. Oh wait, 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 Rick. Rick Stow said that in Wilmington they have a. They, and I think we should submit it to the... They have a film festival, mm-hmm. 24-hour theater film festival. Yeah. Huh? 
Yeah. Are you serious? Where you got to shoot it and yeah. do it all? Yeah. Well, see, but the difference is they, they required that all done uh, in the same 24-hour period consecutive. No, I don't think no. so. Well, we'll have to look into that because, of course, uh, we're talking <laughs> about our 24-hour cinema, basically where we uh, create, shoot, edit, special effect, every bit about the movie in less than 24 hours, non-consecutive, just because of our busy schedules, but no more than 24 hours. Well, I think what we need to do if we're ever going to submit those to anything is we need to get like a bunch of them shot so we have like a year's worth like 12 of them yeah and then we need to go ahead and and do the MST3K thing and submit it like that because that's what the whole purpose of it is to give ourselves something to make fun of ourselves so right right i completely okay. agree um <clears throat> but back to inside report um a, a quote from their website as to why they do it uh, Sky Wilson in 2004 said, we want people to start taking amateur filmmaking a bit more seriously, which I completely agree um, with our conversation earlier from the roundtable discussion about amateur film, fan film, whatever. Um, y- you start to see that a lot of people automatically look down on um, certain types of films, and a lot of people don't take it seriously thanks to movies that are you know, very amateurly done, um, ones that are you know, sh- typical Jedi versus Sith shot in the forest. And so, um, or a bridge. Or a bridge. And <laughs> so, it, I think it's really awesome that uh, this crew, uh, the Inside Report crew, um, does this because they do bring out the better fan films. Um, because I know it's nearly impossible trying to go through the uh, TFN uh, uh, fan film boards. I mean, there's uh, about a page a day. So, it's impossible to go back and find any of the older films if you've missed anything. It's almost like a soap opera out there, besides you know, the drama that just naturally happens out there. Um, they've had uh, about two or three episodes. Uh, they say only two, but I, I thought I remembered one a while back that may have been just kind of like uh, a parody show based on uh, doing fan films, and then they realized, <laughs> wait a second, we can do this seriously. So they, they have uh, two confirmed episodes out. Um, a new one just came out. Uh, I think that they're all good. Uh, if you know, we try to review stuff, but they are, and we we inject so much other stuff that sometimes our reviews get lost. But they focus completely on reviewing fan films and also tips and tricks to make your fan film better. So, if you get a chance, check it out. It's at inside-report.com. Cool. All right. Now coming up, <coughs> excuse me, is um, a our writers episode. Um, it's coming out. Uh, in the same month that this episode has come out um, at requiemoftheoutcast.com you can also find more information out about it at starwarsfanworks.com um, it will feature interviews with Alan Dean it'll it feature the uh, second half of the Alan Dean Foster interview from yeah, Tom Carolinas yeah freaking hogged the mic and talked the whole first half <laughs> big freaking well little jerk what? <laughs> big freaking little jerk that was very unsaget of him I think that yeah. was that was very unsaget <laughs> let me get a word in edgewise but he definitely does. That's what he does. He's good, but that—that's just it. He's good at that, and that's why he's having one half, and we're having our half. He definitely took a dip on the Saget meter with that. Though. I think so. Yes. Yeah. Never had to compete for the mic before. <laughs> we just figure it's best just to give it to you. Um, but <laughs> but Nathan asked a lot of the Chrono Radio style questions, which of course are on his half, and we've got more of the fandom and our uh, 
our style questions on ours. Also, on of course, our question. style questions are the ones that uh, you know make no sense that we pull out of our butt at the last minute. <laughs> Chrono radio style questions means they they actually uh, yeah, he he prepared like, and researched. We had like this paper all printed out with all those questions, and we were just like, yeah. So we had a paper printed out with the guy's bio because we knew nothing about it. And we were reading it as <laughs> yeah. we were getting ready to ask. Our style cre- question is: uh, So you like Monty Python? <laughs> oh, by the way, Lee like Monty Python. Oh, he does like Monty Python. Oh, that was one of the questions I should have asked. Uh, Lee does mo- like Monty Python. Yes, What's of course. What's the airspeed velocity of an unladen swallow? Come on. African or European? Oh, he gave you the answer. He gave you the answer. No, 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 no. He, he likes Monty Python. There's a difference between liking Monty Python don't, and don't what we do with Monty don't Python, talk to me. okay? Don't talk to me. <laughs> I couldn't leave a brother. Don't talk to me. (laughs) (laughs) All right. um, And also on our writer's app is our interview with uh, Stephen Ewan Cobb. Yeah. Bones Burnt Black, which I am currently reading. I'm probably about 20 pages in, and I'm like, wow, this dude can write. Hard to put down. I mean, it it really is. Yeah, Um, definitely. Oh, did you get that email? Which one? That I forwarded you, that Ron forwarded me from Stephen Ewan Cobb. Yes. He told me, actually, um, I uh, talked to him uh, via email, and he mentioned some of the things that you guys said and what he said to you. So, um, yeah, he was really excited about uh, the nice things that, that uh, was said about him in our uh, interview with him. And that it we was all true. And, yes, and, I mean, when we finally, uh, of the review of him, and when we finally, um, you know, you guys read it, loved it. I'm currently reading it, and I'm I'm loving it. It really is one of the it's a it's a very better sci-fi. It's a very good book. It's a very good book. <laughs> For me, and I never learned to read. <laughs> How can you expect them to learn if they can't even get in the building? He needs to be at least three times this big. <laughs> Zoolander, I love that movie. You better listen to your friend Billy Zane. <laughs> oh wait, that was Han Solo that said that. Oh, man. You think you're too cool for school? Well, I have a newsflash for you, Walter Cronkite. You aren't. <laughs> you aren't. You can read minds. <laughs> him bronzed and then put to sleep. Maybe next time we'll do it differently. <laughs> Maybe we should have done it the other way around. <laughs> oh. uh, also, also in our, writer, uh, our writer's episode will be an interview featuring Davey Beauchamp. Yeah. Um, who we met at Con Carolinas, who's a really cool guy. That Rich um, ditched us for. Yes, he's one of the ones that I ditched you guys for. Davey right, Beauchamp, uh, I'll get you. You just wait. We've got your number, Davy Beauchamp. You just try to steal our friend away from us. That's all right. We see how you are. He could not stop talking about Beauchamp. I know. It We're was, coming it for you, Magnolia fan. It was unreal. I mean, for that, whole week, that whole week, it was Earl and Beauchamp. Yeah, Earl and Beauchamp. You guys just wait. Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, cut it out. <laughs> edit. That's the thing is we have to edit all the best stuff. No, no, I'm coming out with a blooper reel one of these days. It'll be a nice big... It'll be as long as one of our episodes, <laughs> yeah, actually. At least. <laughs> so our writer's app um, is released at the same time that this episode is, and, of course, you can find that all at uh, requiemoftheoutcast.com. Do you release it halfway through the month? No, because that will completely throw off the numbers. Oh. Wouldn't want to throw off the freaking numbers. I can't count. <laughs> can't count past 21. Um <laughs> <laughs> 
And now after we come back from uh, more of these trailers and whatnot, uh, we'll be playing the interview that we did with the cast of uh, and crew from Southern Ronin Productions. That's right, Earl and Josh, <laughs> your guys' favorite people, um, that we did at no, Con Carolinas. They're your favorite people. They're my favorite people. That's why when you asked if I enjoyed the interview with them, I was like, what? <laughs> you didn't even remember it. The Earl Newton <laughs> love doll. You <laughs> got such a kick out of that joke. <laughs> <laughs> so check out these these trailers then uh, afterwards. Like I said, these uh, interview with the guys from Southern Ronin. Nine hundred years before the Battle of Yavin. The last Sith War was a hundred years ago, but it was a thousand years long. I'm not sure the Jedi Order will ever recover. Two Jedi Masters are reunited. It's good to see you again, Canavigan. You two stay long. I really wish you'd stop mocking me like that. For a mission of galactic proportions. I am the Viceroy of the Trade Federation. My death will destabilize the economies of thousands of stars. The bounty hunters on the loose. Why are you doing this? Because I was paid to. The Mandalorian warrior of an Instagram. I hate Jedi. And we hate Mandalorian. The future of the Trade Federation hangs in the balance. A partnership for our fledgling Trade Federation. This is exactly the recognition we need at this stage. Experience a thrilling adventure from the twilight of the Jedi Order. Peace over anger, honor over hate, strength over fear. Peace over anger, honor over hate, strength over fear. Peace over... Star Wars. Trade Federation, a full cast audio drama starring Adam Johnson and Steve Molman. Missiles. Now available from Sigma Phi Kappa Productions. Boys, boys, get to work. Sorry, sir, they don't really listen. Next time, on Star Wars Nothing Changes. I should kill you. Do not make any sudden moves. Where's your sense of fun? What the hell are you doing? Jedi still. Get the data. Let's do this. Roger. What? How do you know that? The Force whispers, Supervisor. I simply listen. How many children did you kill to be put in charge? I don't believe it. Alright, let's get back to the ship. Coming online now, sir. Next time on Star Wars, nothing changes.
like to welcome the esteemed gentleman to my uh, to my right. No, that's right. That's you guys. I'm talking oh, about sorry, you guys. I was right. like, where's he? Where are, these, where are these esteemed gentlemen you talk of? That's right. You guys are with Southern Ronin Productions, right. correct? Mm-hmm. And the website is. SouthernRonan.com. Clever. It works that way. (laughs) And, of course, your names are? I'm Earl Newton. I'm the director and writer of a lot of the stuff. And I'm Joshua Smith. I'm a producer and assistant director for our material. And this film is called? The Fall of a Saga. And I have to say that it is truly one of the most phenomenal films. We don't even classify it as a fan film. I mean, it, it is truly a, a, a short film in and of itself. It, it is not. You a bunch are of right. Kids. It is a short film. It's not yes. quite long at all. <laughs> and how long is it, sir? <laughs> it actually, it's quite long for a short film. It's, it's 24 minutes, so it's, it's a bit. That's long. including credits. That's including credits. So yeah. But uh, yeah. All right now, um, <clears throat> the film itself. How was? What was it shot on? Because this is pretty pro quality looking uh, footage. We shot it on a Canon GL1. Actually, two of them. Oh my God! So three minute warning. Which we did not, which none of the tech people ever, ever touched. Right, that's right. <laughs> no, actually, yeah, they were, I, I worked for a videographer, and uh, there were his cameras, and uh, he said, whatever you do, you're the only one that touches them, Earl. And uh, so we have, like, lots of video of other guys not touching the camera. There's a, there's a, there's a shot, there's actually something in a little behind-the-scenes video that only a few people have, actually. It's because my boss, we don't want him to find it. Because we don't want him to find it. But there's a uh, shot of, uh, of Bill, one of the tech guys, and uh, my brother, Richard, is actually filming at this point with the behind-the-scenes camera, and he's saying... Uh, Let's get a shot of Bill not touching the camera. He's like, he's stroking <laughs> and here he is setting up the camera and doing everything. He starts stroking the tripod. Yeah, <laughs> it, got, it got crude. But, but yeah. GL1. So they were 10 GL1s, yeah. All right, now the, um, in the film you have, uh, it, it, it basically deals with uh, the, the true story behind the uh, prequels. And in uh, uh, particular, a hypothesis. a hypothesis. Excuse me, not not. We don't know if it's true. Yeah, well, I just, you know, it's presupposed. George, <laughs> not true. <laughs> Mr. Lucas, it's done in love and homage. That's right. <laughs> you suck. We love you so much. <laughs> but you have the the names of the original screenplays as they were created by Mr. Lucas without uh, outside help. That's right. And uh, the what were what was the name of the first one, and where did you come up with that particular title? Was it based with uh, supposed names, uh, you know, people who think that they've got the name of the new movie, or actually, no. When I made Fall of a Saga, I was not that uh, connected with the fan community, which I guess now I kind of regret because there's so many nice people out there. But um, I'm glad I'm getting it. Fall of a Saga is kind of getting me out there, right? Um, but the the title of the, the title of the episode one, which George is writing in the movie, is called The Dark Awakening. And I almost said the dark redemption. I was like, that's <laughs> the dark. It, it could be the dark anything. Um, but it, no, it was the dark awakening specifically because that's just in my version of what I thought the script would have been. Uh, it was a lot more about sort of like a very dark flower sort of starting to open up. It's like the, it's it's Obi Wan discovering this and sort of being tempted to 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 want to so something like what Qui Gon Jinn did to take it and and make it bloom for the light side, but. You know, dark flowers only bloom at night, you know, so... That, that's pretty. Well, thank you. I like that. Um, <laughs> that was beautiful. Now, <clears throat> there are uh, many scenes as Lucas is going through, um, you know, rewrites and, and going through his ideas, and you actually wrote some of the scenes. Now, did you? how much of the scene did you just write the page, or was there... 
was there more? Did you flesh out almost a, a full script for what was torn out and also uh, what would have and should have been the, uh, the prequels? These are great questions. These are really great questions. Um, I've been saving them. <laughs> <laughs> All weekend, whenever he he hears something, we, we like a little misnomer about the film we mentioned, it's like, ooh, I have to ask about that. <laughs> I've, I've seen the film now three times. Oh, my God. And I, I, every time I, I watch it, I love it, I laugh at it. It's amazing. All those times during the con, you've seen Rich walking around, talking to himself, you know. <laughs> I was reenacting scenes, dude. Are you I'm, serious? Uh, he's but no, to... there, there are some times where the <laughs> one would just, I'd see something, a line would go through my head for every movie. I was oh, my like, God. Ah, that is so yeah. cool. <laughs> um, the, no, the, okay, the okay, scenes. The, the screenplays. The, 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 what the I did is script. I actually, I did not write the full script, but what I did is, I did sit down and think, you know, I would like to, if I'm going to make this movie about what episode one should have been and, and what went wrong, I want to know a little bit of what I think it should have been. Don't all, you know, so I, I sat down and started constructing scenes like uh, the death of Anakin's mother and Obi-Wan's rebuke at the council and a couple other scenes where, where episode one sort of took very, a few very, episode one and episode two together really kind of took uh, like a few very important pieces and stretched them over basically uh, four hours. I would have put it all in one movie. So that's where I got So a lot of things you'll see things like, uh, if you freeze frame the movie, you'll see things like Anakin saying, hold on, mother, just wait, just wait, because she's dying out on the dunes, and her mother's, his mother's already starting to go, and it's just it's really painful, really painful. And then the part where he goes, wee! Well, that was <laughs> that was the addition of the uh, of uh, who we'll call Vito. He's credited as Vito. You never hear his name, but that's who we'll call him. Uh, the mysterious stranger who shows up. That was more his idea. The attention to detail is, is amazing. I remember showing up on the set, uh, coming in just to work on the, the technical crew, and, uh, and and being amazed that he had actually written scenes that were going to be in the shots that Lucas was supposedly writing. And that, that was just... that He had... He, seriously, I and mean, we're not talking like one or two pages. He had over at least 20 pages yeah. of material that he wrote specifically that will never be read, probably, no. that, are, that either just got divvied up as souvenirs, ripped up or crumpled up in the process of filming. That and I mean that yeah. attention to detail for that. It, it's yeah. now that he says it, I, I kind of sound pathetic. But <laughs> <laughs> I just had to write it. <laughs> no, um, actually, what I was really thinking was, how often do you get a chance to sort of work in that field? It will never be seen. But I thought, you know, as long as I'm going to be capturing it in some way, shape, or form. I'm going to make it good for me. I want you know, so I did a little bit of that. It took me. I did it like a day. So that, that's the that's the extra mile that that is awesome to see in like not not that you guys have it in the DVD special uh, the the, uh, the extra features, but to see stuff like that like in uh, Thirteen Ghosts in the remake. You know, a lot of people didn't like it, but at the end they had detailed history on each of the ghosts that you go there, you hear the story, you see you know what drove them to do things and you know why they were useful. Stuff like that that just adds so much more depth to it and realize that, well, maybe Lucas can write something. It's just circumstances have uh, yeah. made him uh, have to change uh, some of the, the writing. Exactly. Now, of course, you mentioned Vito, and I have to say there are certain aspects of this villain that you don't release until the end. Right. And it's, you, guys, um, you, know, you guys put in hints periodically, mm -hmm. and I have to say that the hints are so masterful that not everybody's going to get them. But upon subsequent viewings, you hear them, you see them, you you know, you you sense them, and it's just everything clicks. And really, this is a film that, upon subsequent viewings, is just it just gets better and better and better. And that's something that you don't find in short films, let alone big films. Wow, well, that's <laughs> so, that's that's a, that is number one. I mean, thanks. That's a, that's a huge compliment. Uh, I found that's not totally true because after you've seen it about seventy times. <laughs> 
You've probably seen everything you can see. Seventy times the Shmi line's not quite as funny anymore. You know, and plus, you know? since you created it, you're probably not going to be too surprised by anything that shows up. Yeah, uh, actually, the, actually, that's not true. There are a couple of things where, you, <laughs> in, in screenings, I'm going, I didn't know that was there. <laughs> but it was, it's usually mistakes, so I don't tell people because it. <laughs> it took me seventy screenings to see it that nobody else was going to see. It. I, I, I always love to tell people it's always better the, the second time you see it. You know, maybe not over and over and over again, of course, but but it, it, it is better. And and I and in fact. Uh, Beauchamp came up yeah. to me. Beauchamp, yeah. you guys know Beauchamp. 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 <laughs> and Beauchamp came up, came up to me uh, after the panel we just did downstairs. And he comes up to me and he's like, you know you were right. It is better the second time around. It's so much funnier the second time yeah, around. His, he was finding a very deep meaning behind it, that it was a very tragic story, that Shakespearean tragic hero and everything. And, and then the sec- that was the first time. And the second time he was like, wow, that was really funny. That was you know, hilarious. All depth is gone. Which is actually funny because it's usually the other way with people. Usually they, they go, ha-ha, this is a popcorn movie. And then they watch it the second time and go, wow, there's a lot of deep. Uh, because I did put... I tried to put a lot of allegory in there and a lot of metaphor and a lot of um, sort of uh, symbolism because I think that's what makes people come back and see it. It's funny the first time. They start going, wow, this kind of makes me think, you know, what 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 does it take to make it in Hollywood, and, and is this something that's going to happen to me? And you know, it's, it's questions I wrestle with. So, you know, it's interesting. And speaking of Beauchamp, he is a writer that we we have actually interviewed, and will be uh, airing the episode later on in a writers a complete writers episode featuring uh, Stephen E. Cobb and uh, Mr. Alan Dean Foster. So uh, look for that coming soon uh, from RecordMeTheOutcast.com. Now, enough plugging us, more kissing your guys' butt. Now the pacing. I felt on the, on the uh, the comedy, which uh, you know it is a funny film, and the the pacing is astounding. Everything from you know pause a beat to repeating a, a, a camera angle just to get that extra pause, just that like wait for it, <laughs> wait for it, now laugh. You know, the the it's it's very difficult to write comedy, and especially difficult to film comedy because some of your comedy is very visual, and and. The pacing and the delivery from the actors also is just absolutely astounding in this film. Um, well, I really, I can't, I, I don't want to take too much credit for the actors because they're brilliant. They did a yes. I don't, I, I can't say enough about how great they were. And uh, I remember in the very beginnings of, uh, of of casting it and rehearsing it. My thought was, you know, if I've written a horrible script, which I hope I haven't, but if I have. If nothing else, these guys are going to be so much fun to watch. It doesn't matter. And I was particularly impressed that you got Sean Connery to play George Lucas. <laughs> no, his schedule is so busy. But uh, Bruce no. Collier does, does, in fact, look incredibly like incredibly yes. like Sean Connery, and actually can do a Sean Connery impersonation. A very sharp one. Actually, he's on the behind the scenes video. You can now, hear him doing Sean Connery. Connery. Now, speaking, of course, of your actors, these guys, um, the villain does the over the top perfectly. It's not too much. It's enough for a theatrical flair, and uh, the George Lucas seems desperate at times and proud at times, and you can you yeah. can literally feel what he's going through. Uh, it, it's it's just amazing. Now, where did you now where did you find these guys first off, and how did you convince them to be in your film? Um, you know, Stop kissing our ass! <laughs> Damn. Yeah. No, look, I, look, I've hung out with you guys all weekend. I love the film. We, matter of fact, uh, you guys are up there in the top two. Fan, uh, not fan films, but films in general wow. in my book. As a matter of fact, we actually have, and the only one that beats you guys is the formula, but we actually have somebody in the room that spoke on camera earlier and doesn't want to speak on it now. <laughs> 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 no matter what she wants, pan. Pan, pan, pan. <laughs> pan. 
Hey! She's so cute when she's shy. Look at her. You know what? I'll just I'll just insert the line from the from the footage we shot earlier. I'll just insert it there. But she actually thinks that she feels that uh, that you guys were better than the formula, which is hailed as one of the greatest uh, uh, fan films uh, created. That's I mean I, I the formula and I were both uh, released on th- very or if not at the exact same time within a relatively same amount of time we both came out on uh, uh, TFN at the same time. Chris Hannell, of course, everybody knows Chris Hannell. He's a, he's great. He's done a lot of great stuff. He was very connected in the fan community. I was not so connected, so. I, I kind of felt like that played against me a little bit, but the formula is obviously fantastic. Um, I've never felt any kind of real competition with the formula, not because I think I'm better or or I think that they totally like kick my ass. They're two different kinds. They're of two movies. different kinds of films. The formula is a movie about the fan experience and the love of the film, and that is it, it does it perfectly. Fall of a Saga is a movie about uh, the fall of a great man. A casual Star Wars fan. Like myself, I don't consider myself. I, I would never I, a fan, a true fan in the formula sense. And both of us, we were talking about this uh, the other night. They would not consider us. Yeah. The, a uh, true fan would not look at us and go, "They're fans." fans. You know? Yeah, they wouldn't. But this story appeals to me. It appeals to other people who are just casually interested right. in Star Wars, as well as people who are really as well happy. as people who are the formula. The formula type fans, which is great. I mean, I was a huge fan of the formula, absolutely. Yeah, so instead hilarious. of creating a Star Wars film, you are creating a a tragic film with Star Wars characters, not even or, 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 say, or Star or, Wars people. I, I, w- I would say it's more. I would say I've, I've made a tragic film about George Lucas because there are no Star Wars. I mean, there's no lightsabers in the movie. There's no, I mean, half my audience base just left right there. No lightsabers. <laughs> but he does. He does play lightsaber with a telephone. Yeah, that's, that's true. Funny. Which, that's true. Uh, which is so cool it. to think that George Lucas plays with his telephone as a lightsaber. <laughs> How many How of us have not done that, done that with our remote control? control or <laughs> yeah. Bruce, Bruce Collier, the man who plays George Lucas. We shot that scene, just he and I. It was, I think it was the last night or the second to last night. I mean, by this time we have been shooting eight days, and it's these people have regular jobs, and they're coming in at 6 o'clock at night and shooting till midnight, 2, 3 in the morning. And uh, by, it got to be 1 in the morning. Uh, I think it was the last one. I think it was Monday night or Tuesday night. And <laughs> Bruce just... We, we, I just turned the... That's why there's one angle, because I had written the scene... Uh, I don't remember exactly what I wrote, but it was basically... You know, uh, the, the Lucas receives all these calls and e- and messages and pages and the, the 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 movies are being destroyed. And I didn't know exactly. It was just I was going to have a series of phone calls and things. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of that stuff was ad lib. It was I mean, all ad lib. It, it was off the cuff. And, and then he just he just picks up the phone and starts doing it. And if you can hear the original source, I'm just going, oh my god, this is going to be so incredibly cool. You know, <laughs> how many how many fans? Seriously, how many fans have not done? The phone thing. Every, I mean, people oh, yeah. who aren't, you know, I mean, everybody's done it. Or so. remote control. Or remote control. Yeah, yeah. But, you know. I was a broom handle when I was six. Another thing, another thing to think about, that I don't want to think about, but that it's really disappointing for everyone, but the one, oh, those of us who made this, is we've heard all the uh, lines. There He's was talking. This, yeah, he Bruce went off and did some really ad-libbing. funny <clears throat> ad libbing. The, the all music is playing over though. You don't hear it. it, it, it we've cut the audio on what he's saying. He's, he's, he's saying funny, funny stuff. He's talking about Jar Jar. He was like, you could hear his one line like, Jar Jar Binks? What the hell is Jar Jar Binks? Like, <laughs> yeah, he's, I mean, yeah, he, oh, he's going, he's going, J A R 
J-A-R-B-I. What the hell kind of a name is Jar Jar Binks? Oh, my God. I mean, Shmi was bad enough, but Jar Jar Binks. And then he goes, let me do the names. Just let No, I've made three other movies. That Obi-Wan is a good name. Don't tell me that. You know, I'm just sitting there going, oh, God, Bruce. And he's doing this, you know, and then oh, there's man. another one. Are there outtakes? I mean, there are outtakes. We, we're going to have them on the behind the scenes. There, what we have is what, we're, what I'm calling a behind-the-scenes featurette. Uh, if I get to do a behind-the-scenes DVD, it'll have this documentary that we're shooting now. And also, it'll have uh, the behind-the-scenes featurette, which is just—I mean, there's not enough behind-the-scenes things. It's a 24-minute film. There's not enough for this 30. There's not enough for a 30-minute behind-the-scenes documentary. If a featurette on the film is longer than the film itself, yeah. You now may the have documentary may go long, but we've been yeah. to like five cities, so yeah. we're that's oh fair. yeah, it's, it, you guys got the got but the stuff. To but put the, in. the featurette just has things like we just there'll be like three minutes, and we're doing some rehearsal stuff, and you guys get to see how that goes, and then we'll do a couple of minutes of storyboard comparisons with a little neat little montage, and it's just fun stuff you kind of watch, and yeah. We include all the stuff where Bruce just went hog wild, so which is really funny, oh, and you, you guys don't get to see that. But we will eventually. But we will eventually. Now you mentioned the music. Now when we listen, we hear like, "Oh my gosh, that star!" Wait, what just happened there? In kind of a, a Vanilla Ice style, uh, you know, <laughs> changing the seventh tone, yeah, or the, seventh the, note. For now, obviously, we did the music to kind of uh, to to hint at Star Wars because we're relating to Star Wars, but we're not trying to copy the Star Wars music. We're not trying to say, "Oh, this music is ours." We're not trying to make money off the Star Wars music. So what we did is we tried to follow copyright law as best we can, and I, I think the rule is every eighth note has to be different, or something like that. I don't know exactly how the, the, the laws work, but we, we, we looked into it. And uh, the pur purpose of it was, was simply just to get that feeling. There are certain scenes where you want to, uh, like for example, when George uh, has, he, he pulls out the sheaf of papers, which I'll just let you guys see the movie and find out yourself. He pulls out a sheaf of papers, and he looks like he's praying over it. And we put in Luke's theme right there. I think Andrew R. Powell mm -hmm. was our composer. We put in a, a, a hint of Luke's theme there because Lucas has always been identified with... I mean, Lucas and Luke. I mean, so... Yeah. And that was always Luke's theme. So. And, I mean, let's face it. The, the mu Not only was the, the music good to listen to, it did hint at the original score, but the, the themes that you used for the characters in there and the situations and the times was outstanding. It's really one of the... The only one that I've seen that is equal to the... Uh, the way you guys used the music was uh, Broken Allegiance, I believe. We can't take too much credit for the music no. there. But, but I mean, just Powell. the, the, the selection. Did it. And I mean, I, I, I met Andrew to, uh, he, he was a friend of my mom's. They had been they met over the internet just as friends. And he heard about my film and he said, I would really, really like to, to look at it. And he watched it and he said, I want to do music for this and I'm going to get my brother to, to mix it because I think it's a great film. That's amazing. And we were talking in email. He said, I said, you know, obviously, Andrew, I need to do a lot of Star Wars kind of music here. And he said, that's so great. It's perfect. Exactly what we can do. And he starts spotting the thing. And he said that night, he was so excited. And then he kind of hit a point where he's like, oh, I'm going to do all this John Williams music. It's so great. And he's like, oh, wait, I really have to do John Williams music. <laughs> it's like, oh, damn. Hang on a second. I mean. Yeah, I mean, seriously. And he took on that. Because if you listen, there's a lot of original stuff that has nothing to do with John yeah. Williams. There's a lot of Tunisian drums and African music and all kinds that's of other stuff. That's that he, uh, he did beautiful. Yeah, and, and I mean, it, the, the music just fits every scene that it's used in, which it's is something that people just don't understand when making a film. Thank you. Hey, I just want one, one question. I'm not going to give a spoiler away. Who came up with the phone ringer? The yes. Phone, oh, the, the tones? Yes. The, the, the special phone ringer. Actually, I'm not that's, sure. That's one of the hints to that was, who that the main was, that's character like is. That was like number three or four. Um, <laughs> I honestly, I cannot remember if it was me or my sister. But uh, whose idea was it to, to The actual that? thing? She, I think she said he should have a special ring. 
or, or I can't remember if she said that or if she said specifically what the ring is. But I remember also thinking of it. So it could, I think it was kind of a mix of both. I think she suggested it, and then a couple months down in editing, I, I sort of came back upon it. And uh, yeah, so it was it was a late addition. The movie was already done. Yes. Now the uh, the letters that Lucas reads that re-inspires him to follow his original uh, path uh, with the movies. Um, who wrote those? And I mean, it is it is a beautiful. It's a montage where you've got the you know the the point of view is the the words you know you're, as if you were reading. You're the point of view of the the, the reader, and um, also you've got the voices of the authors of the letters uh, doing voiceover, and it's just it's, you know. Uh, you know, crossfading to the next one. It's a, it's a beautiful montage, and the words that are being read are very meaningful because they're the ones that many people feel, such as, you know, you've helped change my life. You know, I wouldn't be the same without you, Mr. Lucas. You are, you know, and there are some that, you know, literally give me chills because it's like that's the reason why we do a show. That's why people make fan films. That's why people dress up, you know, in, in costumes. That's why people go to conventions and such. It's because of what Lucas brought to them. Now, were those letters and the names on them, were they anything special? Were they just things you just kind of threw together? Because, of course, you guys did some of the voice work for That's some right. of the letters. But, you know, who wrote the letters and um, the, the people that are listed as having written them? Are they people you know? Are they almost like a, a nice throw-in to friends that did a lot of work to help out? Um, the letters themselves were written, I'm not sure if we wrote, wrote them right before shooting or right after, because it's a very hazy time. We were running like crazy. <laughs> But when George is actually reading the letters, uh, I had written four lines in the script. I just wrote four. One letter says this, one letter, just one sentence things. And it was just the vibe of what the letter was going to be like. So on the set, I'm, I, was impro- I was just me and Bruce, and I was improvising what it was going to be. So I would say something about, oh, you know, I love Lando Calrissian, and he's so hot. And just making up silly things, or, or else making up touching things, just things. And I was just going with what I kind of felt. Uh, when it came down to the actual writing of the letters, I just sat down one day and wrote them all out. We, I recruited, I actually didn't get Josh because I couldn't find Josh at the time, but we used his <laughs> brother Richard for one of them. Um, I'm one of them, and my mother's one of them, and then uh, two of our, uh, my brother's friends are the other two. The, the children, there's one named Marianne Thomas and uh, uh, Judd... Judd Campbell. Judd Campbell. Well, Las Vegas, Nevada. Nevada. That's right. Yeah. And those are those are the names and places of the folks. Right, fictional people. What are they are all? They are all people. completely fictitious. Uh, what? what I the only one that has any meaning at all is mine, and the reason is I wrote I read my own. And I just thought you know I'm making my movie. I'll put a little into me. Uh, I, I made a, a, a strange sort of weird combination of my name. Edward Isaacs is like, you have to go like three layers deep, but it, it, you could find my name in there. I was thinking that I hadn't seen, I didn't actually see your name in there. No, it's, I'm not, I'm, I'm quoted as Edward Isaacs, but he's born in, he, he's from Franklin, Louisiana, which is where I was born. Um, it's just, it, it goes like several okay. layers deep, but um, yeah, I just, I just made up some kind of thing that could be traced back to me if you really wanted to. And I still get chills whenever I hear his Yes. Yeah, that's pretty. Yeah, he, you know, he talks about creating an American myth yeah. and becoming a filmmaker because of Lucas, and it's just. And that was that. That was the part that I put in there specifically so people understood that I was not doing a Let's Bash Lucas Fest. And I have had gotten complaints from people who say, "You made me feel for Lucas in that scene. What was the deal with that?" And it's like. Didn't you, weren't you paying attention? Yeah. He's not the bad guy. You know? <laughs> I mean, the, the the theory that we're proposing is not that Lucas is some sort of fool. He's just yeah. gotten caught up, you know. And He's that's right here. So that's so yeah. I mean, that's so I wanted to make sure I put that in. 
Well, guys, I just want to say thank you. You guys have a, a phenomenal film, oh, Fall of the Saga. Like I said, I've seen it three times. Uh, about to watch it again, as a matter of fact. <laughs> and I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I got to sit in on the, uh, the panel and, and listen to you guys. You guys definitely know what you're talking about. This is your first film. First film. Yeah, However, you watch it, you wouldn't think it, man. I mean, it is really good. Uh, you, you guys yourselves are, fu- are fun. <laughs> I cannot wait to hang out with you guys at Dragon Con. Absolutely. Put it that way. So, yeah. so go ahead and uh, plug yourselves. Yeah, where, uh, can, where can people go to download this fan if film? If you'd like to see the film, <laughs> send a self-addressed stamped envelope to... And $20. No. And don't forget to <laughs> the pet population. Um, no. <laughs> and vote for John Kerry. <laughs> I will not be... No, I'm no not political. No political. political. Uh, no political commentary. No political commentary. No, uh, if you go to... Although your Kerry joke is pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> if you go to Southern Ronin, Ronin like the movie with Robert De Niro, Southern as in to be from the South. Southern R O N I N R O N I N dot com. Southern Ronin dot com. Uh, there are links to see the film on iFilm. There are links for the tour journal, which you guys are all going to be in, and uh, oh, everything on. that everything you can find out what's been happening on this crazy tour. And our pretty pictures. And our pretty pictures. You can see us looking so sexy. It's just oh yeah, we are sexy people after all. Just you, you know, don't worry about You're going to see those sexy pictures on workingwithoutcast.com. Oh my god. Oh, we're, we're getting, it's a good thing I syndicated. It really is a good thing I picked a picture of me when I still had hair then. <laughs> <laughs> if this is going out to more than just Southern Ronin, it's going to be nice that chicks, you know, elsewhere think I have hair. That's going to be nice. And where's the hair that you speak of? Oh, you got to flash it. Look at it. Oh, oh that's good. Well, so now, but, the, but product placement to follow. I'm Joshua Smith for Southern Ronin, and I use Rogan. <laughs> this is Southern Rogan. I'm not just. <laughs> I'm not just a member. I'm the president. That's right. Wow. Well, just well again, thank you guys. SouthernRonin.com no. to pick up Fall of a Saga. Yes. Um, check this film out. You, you must see this film. And look around in your areas for bootleg copies. They're, they seem to have gotten out somehow. I don't know how that's happening. But uh, there are, if you go to con, chances are, if you go to a con that's, that we've been to or someone's been to, chances are there are uh, bootleg copies. Yeah, we actually have an authorized bootleg copy. <laughs> As a matter of fact, here are what some of the people are saying about Fall of a Saga, the bootleg edition. Never was a leg so well booted as it was with Fall of a Saga, the bootleg edition. Bravo, you nameless cinema pirates, bravo. (laughs) By Manny McKenzie from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Also, the bootleg edition is as classy as Steven Spielberg and as easily obtainable as Paris Hilton video. Wait, strike that. Reverse it. From Willy Wonka from the Chocolate Factory. (laughs) And also, how are we supposed to make any money if we give it away, morons? Earl Newton, director of Fall of a Saga. <laughs> so check it out. These guys are fun. The film is great. Uh, go to southernronin.com yes. and watch it immediately. Yes, absolutely. Thank you guys so much for this. I appreciate it. Thank you. We're going to talk fanfic now. Um, oh, Ron's, Ron's favorite bit is coming Oh, back. yeah. So, Ron, you want to read these off here? These are the new releases for June and July from fanfic.theforce.com. Nice. A.K.A. known as Romance, Angst, and Softcore. Yeah, this is <laughs> the 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 Softcore porn slash uh, slash Jackie Collins section. Slash slash actually. Slash, slash is the bad stuff. Slash. All right. I was thinking the same thing, dude. Another Zoolander reference there. I'm glad that I am now the actor slash model. This slash award is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Fanfic. I'm just going to read off the titles in uh, in true romance fashion. Um, in darkness I dwell. 
That's by uh, Scoobert. Scoobert. Wasn't that Scooby Doo's first name? I, I think so, yeah. Scoobert Doo. Scoobert Doo? <laughs> Scooby's his, his nickname. Just call me Scooby. <laughs> Scoobert Doo. Come on, Scoobert. <laughs> the Salvation and Sacrifice by Love You. <laughs> now, that's Love You, right? Now, is that E W E? Because that's kind of screwy. That <laughs> is kind of screwy. They forgot, they left off the last E. Oh, so it's but just it is E W. Oh, so, okay. but still, that's that's kind of sick. <laughs> Did you say W, sweetie? W? No, you said W. W. <laughs> Who are you voting for this year? Kerr or W? <laughs> All right. Here we go. Missing You by T. Kiera Lea. Definitely by Puff Daddy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Handmaiden's Gift by Gina. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> Gina wrote this, and man, well, that's that's decidedly not yeah. not as fun a name. It's it's not, but the Handmaiden's Gift is a great name for a for a romance novel. That must have been what uh, what what's your what Padme gave uh, Anakin as a wedding gift, right? And the Handmaiden's <laughs> Gift. That's right. Yeah. Hey, baby, now it's time for the Handmaiden's <laughs> Gift. She gave him a hand. <laughs> oh yeah, that's funny. <laughs> Uh, they, they didn't have any normal looking hands, so they just gave me this gigantic yellow claw. Basically, <laughs> <laughs> or yellow. I, I can. In the next one, they should just have him wear one of those big foam pointy finger hands. <laughs> That's how I'm expecting. I'll get you next time, Obi Wan. Next time. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Here we go. Obi Wan lightsaber. Oh, uh, here we go. The next one is Selfish. But, uh, it, I was about to say Shellfish, but no, it's not Shellfish. It's, <laughs> it's, it's Selfish. It's Selfish by Trickster Jaina Fell. Wow. Trickster. <laughs> Trickster Jaina Fell, but she got back up. <laughs> Jagged Fell? Yeah. This Jagged. is our son, Rip Torn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is fabulous! <laughs> it's so Jagged Fell. <laughs> I love Jagged Fell. It's one of my favorite EU characters. I love him. Great. Aside from the gay name. Hey, it's better than freaking Kip Duran. All those people who want Jaina and Kip Duran. Skip to what? <laughs> Skip to my loo. Not exactly a whole terrifying. Skip to my loo. Doesn't exactly, you know, it's still here. The great Jedi skipped to my loo. Hey, you throw a couple extra vowels in there. You repeat some of those vowels. That's a Star Wars name. Yeah. All right, hold on. Oh, oh, and here's one by my favorite fan fanfic writer, Counseling by Leanna Berry. <laughs> she, she does so much for fanfic. I mean, every couple weeks. No, I haven't, but I don't care. <laughs> you know what? She's creative enough just with the name. Oh. Uh, during the time that uh, Anakin and Padme were having troubles. 
you know, counseling. <laughs> yeah, it must be. <laughs> Lay in a berry. No, Lay in a berry. Does Jar Jar have a lot of credit problems? What do you mean I gotta pay for this? Maybe I thought this was a free money. Maybe he's got a lot of unsecured debt, you know? <laughs> he gambles a lot, you know? Yeah. <laughs> he's been hanging around freaking Lando. <laughs> and this Janine rambling moment is brought to you by the Crack Dealers of America. <laughs> By the letters A, D, D. <laughs> A, D, D. This is Star Wars. It would be spice or real. Oh, nerd. Oh, nerd. <laughs> nerd. Gay. Normal. All right. <laughs> Let's see. The, uh, the next one is uh, The Better Part of Me by Nam Inal. Nominal. Nominal. It's not oh. much at all. It's kind of mediocre. It's no. the best that he's got, though. My name's... It's not the best in the world, but it's nominal. That's my name. But, but you know, the sad thing is, is that if you take a look at the name, that means in, in the Star Wars realm, a nom is one of the high-ranking people in the Yuzhan Vong. And what was it called? The name of the, of the story? Yes, of the story. The Better Part of Me. That just yeah, that really does have a, a very romance feel, which I really don't really <coughs> picture from the uh, the Yuzhan Vong. Yeah. Unless they were like having some kinky like <laughs> sadomasochism. You score me, I'll score you. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty what? much. Um, unless they <laughs> put in my implants, I'll rip off your fingers and put on a new one. <laughs> Apparently, the, one of the people they captured was uh, uh, Maya Angelou, and they got in touch with their feminine side <laughs> yeah. and started writing romance novels. Oh, they can keep her. <laughs> wow. I love it when, uh, I think it was for um, In Living Color, or maybe it was when David Allen Greer was on SNL, and he's doing Maya Angelou reading off, like, the, the Fruit Loops. Come <laughs> quat. <laughs> Watermelon. <laughs> <laughs> we shall read the rest of this as my Angelo. <laughs> Tangled pots. <laughs> Tangled pots. <laughs> Actually, it's it's Tangled Paths by uh, Gabri Jade. We've heard of her before. Gabby. That's a, that's a pretty cool name, though. Gabby. Gabri Jade. Gabri Jade. Think Gabby like someone from Xena. <laughs> I'm just glad these children were here to hear. <laughs> Not only was it a, authentic, authentic frontier, frontier gibberish. gibberish. Oh, gosh. All right. Keep it by, by laying a berry. <laughs> See, she's always putting them out, man. She's the most putting out of fanfic writer ever. Or keep it by laying a berry. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> Next to last one. Keep it by laying a berry. How do I keep it? I don't know. Lay a berry and then keep it. Give it away and keep it. She's re it. How do you keep it? I don't know. I think it's by laying a berry. <laughs> Well, if you were laying a bear with your man, he'd give it to him. <laughs> oh, here we go. Do you believe in love? Bye. Do you believe in magic? Oh, bow. Okay, <laughs> 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 
Obona? It's Obauna. 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 Oh. Do you believe in love by Obauna? Do you believe in magic? All right. What were you singing, Janine? All right, let's see. What was that, my Sharona in there? My Sharona. My Sharona. My Sharona. My Sharona. <laughs> yeah. That is one of the most famous. <laughs> I know. We got a guy from uh, from South Africa. We never figure out where he's from in South Africa. That's one of the most um, famous Brazilian Durban, Durban, time. South Africa. Durban. Durban. Uh, mm. I don't know. Yeah, nice. All right, here we go. You ever wonder if mm-hmm. when they do sign language, if they snap their fingers? <laughs> Good question. <laughs> All right, July. Uh, no, fan fi- coming out in July. Okay. Uh, we've got, uh, as the lift rose. As the lift rose. <laughs> yeah, as the lift rose. It's like, I, it, that's gotta be some freaking <laughs> romance junk, you know. Oh, as the lift rose, he held me closely to his throbbing, throbbing chest. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the sad part is that's the conversation between Obi-Wan and Anakin as they're going up to see. <laughs> Padme for the first time in episode two, so let's hope it's not like that. <laughs> As the lift rose, huh? It's by Jedi Star eighty nine. Okay, that's I can't do anything with that name. <laughs> there's there's nothing. All right, and the one, and this is the about the last moments of the only woman to wear stormtrooper armor. Yes. And that one is by J-Man 06405. I just thought it was cool that uh, I included the information about the uh, the fact that it was the only woman to wear uh, Stormtrooper armor. I thought that was kind of new territory that hadn't really been uh, explored. Then I found out it was written by a guy, which is... <laughs> maybe he's got some... Fantasy, uh, maybe uh, he's got some dreams going on there. But now, obviously maybe he came over from the dr- transgender boards to... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I think he's a male in body too. <laughs> I gotta go study. As as you can see that we love making fun of the the fanfic titles, but uh, you know these are people out there that are showing their uh, their creativity and uh, their love for Star Wars by writing these stories. Um, you can find more fan uh, fanfic uh, works at. Fanfic.theforce.net. There's yeah. too much alliteration. And hey, guys, you know we make fun of the names and everything because it's fun to do it, and yes. and they're kind of funny. But but keep putting that stuff out there. Um, well, not not just because of that, but because you know it's it's really cool to to, to see people you know putting themselves out like that and. And uh, being creative and all that kind of fun stuff and 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 I'd especially like to say uh, to to one person out there to keep putting it out there and that's uh, Lana Berry. Yeah, my husband likes it. (laughs) (laughs) But most importantly, we're looking for a fanfic reviewer as we do not have time to go through all of the stories that are out there. So, or so if you're interested, because we figure. For every really good one out there, there's always the Sith Apocalypse novelization out there, too. So, please, if you, 
that's like a five thousand page novel. <laughs> so if if you if you like fanfic and would like to help us out with the show, we'd appreciate a, a reviewer. So just email me at rich at requiemoftheoutcast dot com. All three of you who listen to the show. Yeah. <laughs> read well, fanfic. Two, because we got one of them here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> You've already heard the show, so there goes one. There goes like a third of our downloads. <laughs> so that dude who went to Con Carolinas, maybe you could have your girlfriend read the fanfic. Yeah, no kidding. Man, that guy was awesome. He actually drove to see us. It was somebody that drove six hours to see us. at the. All right, moving on. We've got the new and upcoming releases at StarWarsFanWorks.com. Um... Well, first of all, because he's been mentioned, we do have to say something about Star Wars Tales number 21, which will have a story by Nathan P. Butler. Oh, the mighty Mo. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to read that. Yeah, no, well, it's it's coming out, and uh, yeah, you're not going to read that one. Uh, yeah, his version <laughs> of fanfic is coming out September 29th. <laughs> he just happens to be getting paid for it. Uh, and, of course, Star Wars Tales, Nathan Butler's writing a, a bit for it. I don't know, it given, looks really given, good, so. given the, the recent turns in, in, in Butler's... Uh, Situation. I'm I'm kind of afraid to read it. You know. I'm <laughs> no, it was written pre pre Love Life. Okay. So. I just want to make sure that there's not anything that that wouldn't be appropriate to read in there. No, no, no. They actually made him cut that out. <laughs> He's told me. All right. Nothing. And uh, speaking of Nathan Butler, nothing changes, which is an audio uh, project. Uh, here's a little bit of information from the news release from StarWarsFanWorks.com. In 1998, the original premise for the fan film project called Prelude to Hope. Janine, what do you like to call it? How? Okay. Was created by Devin Reed and Ryan Jordan for Clear Concrete Productions. Five years later, in 2003, the project, which by then had brought in several new team members, including Nathan P. Butler, who would later join the fan audio community in a big way. <laughs> I, love it, I love it when he writes his own press release, don't you? In a, in a, in a big way. <laughs> in a big way. <laughs> It might be all good, not so big, in my opinion. Oh! Oh! oh. He was rather short and skinny. He was very unsaggit in appearance, actually. Just in height. He looks a lot like Bob Saget. He looks like like they took Bob Saget's head and put it on a shorter guy. Bob Saget said, what did Bob Saget say? I shall call him Mini-Me. What would Bob Saget do? <laughs> Nathan was Brian actually put, handing out those bracelets at the con. It was crazy. <laughs> 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 was it the uh, what was that Empire show? <clears throat> looked like a celebrity. <laughs> 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 I want to look like Bob Saget. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I remember that episode it had Method Man on it. It was weird. Um, <laughs> what the hell was it? Five years later, in 2003, the project, which by then was had brought, <clears throat> no, actually, I already read it was relaunched as Prelude to Hope 2.0, and several new scripts were written for the project. When the original premise for the new show, based on an outline by Reed, was dropped in lieu of a newer, darker approach, Butler began to revise his Prelude to Hope 2.0 script. The script that had once been intended to appear on screen as Prelude to Hope 2.0 soon became Star Wars Nothing Changes. Characters' names changed, planet locations were shifted, and the premise was shifted slightly forward in time from just before to just after A New Hope. The result, Nothing Changes, is an audio drama that stands alone as a tale of three Rebel Alliance operatives in conflict with Agents of the Empire. Nerd. I think there were a few movies based on the Rebel Alliance against the Empire. Um, but it <laughs> Really? Yes, but in a broader sense. <laughs> now we're watching the fan film. Now we're waiting for a fan film about the creation of the Empire. Um, 
That would be episode three. Nothing changes blends seamlessly into Butler's earlier continuity of Second Strike in the anthology series, acting as a sort of prelude to the missions to Ferrisol and Second Strike. That's right. (laughs) Ferrisol, which sounds like Ferrisol. Which sounds like Parasol. Which is just like Paris Hilton and her new movie, A Night in Paris. (laughs) Brilliant movie title, by the way. (laughs) Join us as a piece of fan film history. Uh, Prelude to Hope is typically an ongoing joke whenever somebody mentions missing a (laughs) projected release date. Yeah. Becomes an audio drama in the Razor's Edge audio tradition. The project's first chapter has been released and will be brought to us in a serialized format for easier download, much like Second Strike. Also, there's a casting call for Mace Window. Win- window. Mace, Mace, Mace window. Windex. Uh, Mace Window. That's the, uh, that's, that's the risque version. Of <laughs> Mace. He's one bad mother. Shut your mouth. What, just talking about Mace. <laughs> Zappa Zero of Jedi Outcast Movies has recently posted a new casting call. Seeking to find someone to play the voice role of Mace Windu in an upcoming Jedi Outcast video Zappa. game generated fan Zap- film. Z- is that Dweezil or Frank? No, Zappa actually has a as a food uh, show on the Food Network with uh, Lisa Loeb. Why what? I don't know. That Zappa? <laughs> uh, no, no, Dweezil Zappa. No, this Dweezil is, Zappa has a food show with Lisa Loeb. Isn't she the singer chick from Nine yes. Stories? Yeah. yeah, Lisa Loeb in the Nine Stories. They um, were all the lesser Zappas. Frank yeah. was the only real Zappa. What did Frank ever do? <laughs> Frank he wrote a song, It Hurts When I Be. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Frank was a musician. He did not. <laughs> yes, he, he did. did. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like the Baldwin family. It, it's, it, yeah, it's, you can see the DNA generation. You know what my fa- favorite like, Zappa name is, though? What's that? Moon Unit. <laughs> <laughs> Moon Unit Zappa. Moon Unit Zappa. <laughs> Yes, yes, that's their daughter. That's Dweezil's sister. Yeah, Moon Unit. Were their parents on crack? (laughs) Most likely, yes, probably. (laughs) He wrote a song. It hurts when I pee. That that should be enough for you. Put a song out that said, "What do you get a Wookie for Christmas when he already owns a comb?" What can you get a Wookiee for Kate? That was mine! Did B. Arthur sing that one also on the uh, the special? B. Arthur. (laughs) (laughs) I just have to say one thing about uh, the Jedi Outcast movies. I saw one of them. It was atrocious. (laughs) Now, there there is good machinima and there is bad machinima. Is ours machinima good machinima? No, we don't see machinima. What machinima is, is it is stuff like red versus blue, uh, which is basically ow. video generated and, and uh, footage generated inside the video game engine. Um, it is actually becoming such a huge genre that many games that are coming out are actually putting in the cameras and the tools and whatnot and the re- recording software um, in most of the video games that are coming out, um, Red versus Blue is one of the uh, definitely the most famous and best ones out there. Um, you can find it at redversusblue.com. I also talk about it in our upcoming newsletter, 
which we're going to start doing, which is going to be kind of cool, where we're featuring extra stuff in there. We um, are doing a newsletter, okay, or I am you doing are it. doing I'm just hoping you guys will pitch in sometimes. No. Um, yeah. I'll, uh, I'll I'll give you a, a hand. You know, I'll I'll I don't know. <laughs> clap occasionally or yeah, something. Yeah, that's all I need. Just the moral support, really. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll I'll give you the freaking Star Trek clap. Thank you. Yeah. Um, now now the thing my thing Golf with clap. Jedi Outcast movies is that. Um, they recorded it frame by frame, and then when it was edited together, none of the the sounds worked. None of the the motions were fluid. So it's like it was a Bruce Lee movie. It was no, no, no. Bruce Lee movies, even the early ones, were much better quality than these ones. So what I am hoping is is that they've revamped the way they do these things because, of course, they record um, the footage inside Jedi uh, the Jedi Outcast games. So I'm hoping that they've gotten a little bit better at it and uh, try a little bit harder. Alrighty then. So but you're saying it sucks? Yes. The the ones that I've seen by and they have they have been lambasted on the uh, on the board. So I'm hoping that they've gotten a little bit better. So. Lambasted. That's the big word for the day. Yes, it is. Lambasted. Lambasted. Can you give us no. the definition, Rich? Made fun of. Okay. Rich. Can you spell it? L a m b a s t e d. Yeah, you almost you almost lost it there, Rich. Well, only because I forgot what tense that I'd used it in. No, wait, there's an E at the end. My name is Dan Quill. Lambasted. Oh, screw you. Lambasted. There's four silent cues that you missed. Oh. Nuh-uh. Yeah. Nuh-uh. Jerk. I'm going to call up Dan Quill and see if he'll tell. All right. And, potato. and our, <laughs> if you want to sign up for our newsletter, uh, just go to requiemoftheoutcast.com. You'll find all all the information there. And the final re- and the our final list of releases are <clears throat> Chrono Radio's interview edition with Alan Dean Foster, part Boy. one, is coming out this same month oh, as this episode. Wait, I think I might be on that. Never yeah, mind. I think you, you are. should listen. Re- Requiem <laughs> of the Outcast number eleven. Hey, that's this episode. Boy. No, it isn't. Yes, Boy. that's this episode. On that one too. Yeah, that's so you're listening to it, so obviously it's come out. Yeah, and and we're sorry that it sucks so bad, but yeah. you know what? Hey, yeah, we're all no. We it's can't. Not, it's nothing about you. Lee. We can't be Superman all the time. No, no we can't. It would have sucked worse had you not been on here, Lee. True. That's um, true, Lee. You you are the saving grace of this show yeah, today. Requiem of the Outcast, the writer's episode. Plus, uh, you look really a, good in that those sequin tassels, by the way. Uh, thank you. Yes, yeah, so that's 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 the <laughs> Requiem of the Outcast Pasties. More merchandise coming to the Requiem of the Outcast <laughs> website. Requiem of the Outcast thong, as is wrong. <laughs> We're actually wearing the same one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wearing one on my head. Uh, see, you thought it was an eye patch. Why does it show both eyes? <laughs> <laughs> I think you got it on backwards. <laughs> I could be a superhero. <laughs> I'll be fighting crime later, so if you happen to see me leaping from rooftop to rooftop, uh, recommend the outcast. Yeah. If I see you loop, leaping from rooftop to rooftop with a thong on your head, I'm going to think something besides that you're fighting crime. <laughs> Where, where's Ace and Gary? Vigorously <laughs> gay duo. <laughs> I love that. What's that from, anyway? SNL. Uh, yeah. uh, Requiem of the Outcast, the writer's episode featuring Alan Dean Foster, Stephen Ewan Cobb, and Davy Beauchamp. And also Janine Garner. And <laughs> you don't write anything. Yeah. I'm on it. Who Most cares? Mostly. Yeah. Yeah. I care. That's <laughs> 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 oh, Star Wars quote. That, that was so cool, man. You're just like you geek guy. And caring is half the battle. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> knowing the path to battle, you geek. I, 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 leave me alone. Yeah, but yeah, Joe's cool. 
Um, that is coming out also in August. No, you can find I that at RecordingWithTheOutcast.com. Oh, uh, nothing isn't that from freaking like what the different show, the Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai is not from GI Joe. Oh, Cobra, Cobra Kai. is from GI Joe. Yeah, Cobra, Cobra Kai. Kai. That that was the dojo. <laughs> that's from the Karate Kid. Yeah, the Karate Kid. Yeah, yeah, that's right. The bad guys. Ron, yes. we should make your your Sith name be Cobra Kai. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, we got to remember that one. Okay, um, now uh, nothing changes. Part two comes out also in August, August first. Chrono Radio XV one. The fans do it for free. <laughs> Nathan, <laughs> Nathan's branching off. I, appear, I imagine you're appearing on that episode. Nathan. I told you the love life was having an effect okay. on his. Uh... <laughs> uh, that's coming out August first. Chrono Radio Interview Edition. Rich Handley. Coming out August 1st. I have no idea what he does. Uh, Star Wars on Direct 23, 24, and 25 are all coming out in August. They're French Canadian. Uh Uh All we have is this stupid accent. All we have is this stupid accent. (laughs) (laughs) They They hate us. They hate us. I hate us too. Speak that Franglish. Um, rec- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's okay. I speak Portuguese. I can't blame Hey, it. did you know, though, that in Quebec, they just had elections, and uh, and the party... Jerry Lewis won, huh? <laughs> yeah. No, the party that wants... The Separatist Party actually won the, the majority of the seats in the uh, in the parliament for Quebec. The Separatist Party? Aren't they in Star Wars? Nerd. Oh, my God. General Grievous is in charge of Canada now. <laughs> he's going to be hopping around on one foot, three lightsabers. What? <laughs> oh, well, you didn't see the last episode of Clone Wars cartoon, did you? Did you just tell me a spoiler? No, that that was from the cartoon. You so? didn't see the cartoon. That's not my fault. That's already out. But You're no, not spoiler-free if you haven't seen something I'm that's not, already out. No, I'm watching the movies. I am remaining unspoiled until the movies, well, you big jerk. It's not spoiler, okay? Well, it's to not me a it spoiler. is. Well, Don't well. talk to me. Um, okay, fine then. Um, Requiem of the Outcast 12 is coming out in September. Uh, Nothing Changes Part 3 is also coming out in September. More Star Wars on Direct in September. And Equals and Opposites, which is Nathan Butler's uh, thing, is coming out in September. Now, what is Equals and Opposites? That is his his story that he wrote for Star Wars Tales. Oh, okay. Um, That's called Equals and Opposites, and it features Kyle Katarn. And Jan or Katarn, Kyle Katarn, Katarn, So you can find more information and actually those uh, once they are downloaded and finished at StarWarsFanWorks.com, the home of Star Wars Internet fan audio. So that's all for this month, and uh, we still haven't come up with a good closer for the show yet. Uh, too sexy for my cat. Too sexy for my cat. What do you think about that? <laughs> I'm a model. You know what I mean. It keeps going. <laughs> <laughs> and I do my little turn on the catwalk. Okay, Lee, do something. <laughs> on the catwalk. Tell all your alien friends that <laughs> Ronnie Cordova says they're gay! <laughs> <laughs> A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. It is a period of civil war. The Dark Lords of the Sith, led by Darth Bane and Lord Khan, have won a hard-fought victory against the Jedi forces of Lord Hoth. Now, 
they descend upon the planet Dagobah, where even now the forces of light prepare to face their own demons before battling the darkness to come. Little do they... Can you believe this? Little do they know that... Nathan, I say, can you believe this? Dude! What? I'm trying to be all narration-like here and you're discombobulating my dramatic juju. What's your damage? Sight's not working. Again. Let me see that. Dude, I'm telling you, it's not working. Hang on. A, uh, Rich? Yeah? Yeah. It's not working. I don't know why you even bother with this free web hosting crap. Look, you've got banners all over the place. Pop-ups and the space and bandwidth they give you makes Warwick Davis look like Peter Mayhew. (laughs) Whoops. Lost me on that one. It's minuscule genius. Yeah, well, I'm not paying enough to buy a new BMW for hosting, man. We'll deal with it. And if you can't get your new project online when it's done because your web provider sucks? Okay, yeah, then I'll have a problem. Have problems you will not. If Nexus.net you use, yes! Yoda! Nexus.net? Well, let's check it out. Looking for a great web host you are? No further you look. Check out Nexus.net. Oh, wow, man. Nineteen ninety-five a month for a year of this small business package. Uh, 20 gigs of bandwidth, CGI scripting, 450 megs of space, 30 email boxes, FTP access, up to 30 MySQL databases, SSL, and up to 30 subdomains. Hey, hey, this one might fit my gal pal's little site. Gal pal? Hey, shut up and act excited, will ya? Yeah. gigs of transfer, 20 megs of space, email and FTP access for $4.95 a month on a yearly plan. That's less than I usually spend on lunch. All these packages, I don't know which to go for. You think the big one? $44.95 a month on a yearly plan for 35 gigabytes of bandwidth, 550 megs of space, 100 email boxes, 10 FTP accounts, 100 databases, SSH, SSL, static IP address, 100 subdomains, and CGI scripting, yeah! Dude, do you even know what half of that stuff is? I have no idea what this stuff is, but hey, with this price, I'll learn. But if your project really starts to kick some tail and we need some more? Easy, that is. Yes, Nexus.net will customize a special plan just for you. And the bigger the site, the bigger the discount you get on hosting. Size matters not. Not according to a female, Sparky. Tell other fans about this, you should. We are. Right now. Hi, this is Rich Siegfried. And Nathan Butler. From StarWarsFanWorks.com. We hope you'll consider Nexus.net for your hosting needs. They maintain many well-known sites like Chud.com. And even wannabe primadonnas like Nathan here with StarWarsFanWorks.com. Who host a lot of big files by people like Rich with tiny brains with heavy traffic. And they're also the host for StarWarsWithAZ.com. We've had great luck with the Nexus.net service, and now we want to pass along the word to you. But that's not all, is it, you shameless promoter? No, it's not, my able-bodied sidekick in plugging. Star Wars fan audio creators who choose to host their files on a Nexus.net account. Which gives you a great hosting deal. And us, a new member of the fan audio family. Will be guaranteed an on-air interview for the project creators on either Requiem of the Outcast. Or Chrono Radio, to help you promote your project to new listeners. Yeah, it's not as good as, say... A chance to win a new car or something. But it's our little way of saying, hey, Nexus.net comes with our highest recommendation. That website again is Nexus.net. That's N-E-X-C-E-S-S dot N-E-T. They can spell net. Shut up.
Give me that. If you can't be an athlete, be an athletic supporter. <laughs> I am not being doing what you asked me to do last night. Yeah, yeah.